Welcome to Stuff We Love Podcast. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Stuff We Love Podcast. I am Scott, your host for this evening, and we are extremely pleased to be joined tonight by Nick, also known as the Disney Dad on Instagram. On that Instagram account, Nick posts beautiful images from Walt Disney World. His Instagram makes one appreciate just how photogenic Walt Disney World is. We encourage all of our subscribers to follow Nick on Instagram. We are thrilled to have Nick on the show and cannot wait for all of you to hear what he has to say. Nick, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Scott. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to be here. We're happy to have you. We've been looking forward to this for a long time. Uh, Nick, why don't we just begin by having you tell the audience a little bit about yourself? I've been living in the United States for 22 years, originally from, uh, from South Africa. Just an, a huge fan of, of everything Disney. Myself, my wife, and my daughter try to go to the parks about once a month, driving seven hours or so from South Carolina. Uh, so really anything Disney is, is what we're about. That's the stuff we love. <laughs> that is. That is. It's the stuff, uh, the stuff I love, too, for sure. Nick, thanks again for joining us. Uh, I'd just like to take a moment to tell our audience a little bit about our sponsor, Stuff We Love Podcast is sponsored by Autoslash. Find them on the web at www.autoslash.com. Let me tell you a little bit about how Autoslash works. Let's say you're taking a vacation and you want to rent a car on your trip. What you do is you go to Autoslash's website, you enter the dates of your vacation, you tell them a little bit about yourself. Like, for example, do you belong to AAA? What frequent flyer programs you're a part of? Anything that could give you a better deal on a rental car. You state when... You're picking up the car when you're dropping it off. Then what happens about 15 minutes later is that Autoslash will email you and give you a whole list of rates for your trip. And they are guaranteed to save you money on your car rental. So for me, looking ahead to my Walt Disney World vacation this summer, I booked a car rental. Uh, I then heard about Autoslash. They were able to save me $200 on that car rental, which is really remarkable. Also, what Autoslash does is if you already have a car rental reservation, you go onto their website. You enter the information pertaining to your car rental, and they'll track it for you. So if a better price becomes available, they'll let you know, which gives you a chance to save money on a reservation that you already made. Autoslash has been featured in the New York Times, the Today Show, and Condé Nast Traveler. We highly recommend them, and many of our friends and uh, fans use them on a regular basis. That's www.autoslash.com. So, Nick, I, I want to talk to you tonight on the podcast about a whole variety of topics related to your experiences in Walt Disney World and your love of Disney. Uh, you, the first thing I wanted to ask you about, you answered in your opening remarks on the show. I was going to ask you uh, how often you visit, and you mentioned it's about once a month. Uh, how do those visits compare to other theme parks that you may go to? Is Disney World the only one, or do you go to others as well? Yeah, typically we just do Disney World. Um, and I'll, I'll tell you, we started, started going to Disney World uh, about three years ago, right before my daughter turned two, and uh, I guess that's only four years ago now. We had, we did a one week vacation. We're like, man, we love this. This is great. We want to do this, you know, at least once a year, and that was the plan. We're going to do a Disney vacation once a year, and so we did that. The next year, we booked a vacation, and we thought, you know, we could do this twice a year, make do do two vacations a year to Disney. And when we looked at the price of doing two vacations, and then the price of annual passes. We, we figured we'd come out better to do annual passes. I thought, well, we'll do that, do two vacations, and anything mm -hmm. else will just be gravy. And we ended up going every month. Any, really, any any free time we had, uh, we, we just drove down to Orlando. We really, we've done Universal a couple of times. You know, my daughter will be six in July. So she's, there's not really a lot at Universal that she's into. Mm -hmm. um, my wife and I are both 
you know big Harry Potter fans. Yes. So we do enjoy that section of of Universal, but we uh, for the most part just stick with uh, Disney. We are lucky there. Uh, we've got a, a theme park about an hour up the road from us in um, uh, Carowinds, which is right on the border of uh, North Carolina and South Carolina. And we'll do that every once in a while. It's a lot of fun, mm-hmm. a lot of great thrill rides, but there's nothing in the world that, that compares to, to going home to Disney World. And how for you have the parks changed over the years from your first visit to your trips now? Yeah, it's hard, it's hard to say looking back because we go so often how much, how much it's changed. One of the things that's become very personal to us is uh, the cast members. We've, we've met a lot of cast members along the way. And obviously, with my photography, I've met a lot of the performers and, uh, and a lot of cast members that way. And uh, it's great to see them grow, especially some of the ones that are in the college program. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then they end up working at Disney World. One that comes to mind is, is one of the guest service managers in, uh, in Liberty Square, a guy named Alex. Mm-hmm. My daughter met the first time we were there. And we can't go to the Magic Kingdom without going to visit Mr. Alex. Wow, uh, that that is her absolute absolute favorite. But and he's been know, there that, all these years. He's been in Liberty <clears throat> Square. Yep. Wow. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We we met him right outside the Haunted Mansion because that's mm-hmm. her favorite ride and has yes. been since she was two years old. <laughs> she, she's a smart kid. That's mine too. She that's is. my favorite attraction. She is. But really, you know, I think you know as far as as changes in the parks, Disney does a great job of not making bad changes. There, there are a few things. I, when Wishes went away, I was very apprehensive about that. We love Wishes, but obviously Happily Ever After is is one, is a one-of-a-kind type of fireworks and absolutely remarkable. So mm-hmm. probably the biggest issue you're going to see change-wise this summer when Galaxy's Edge opens is the amount of people. Right, right. It's going to be interesting to see how that plays out uh, this week, uh, later on in the week. Galaxy's Edge will be opening up at Disneyland, which is not really a fair comparison to how things are going to be at Disney World, but uh, we'll get a sense a little bit of what the crowds are going to be, and they're going to be massive. I, I was saying on an earlier episode that for many people, Hollywood Studios right now, maybe it's a half-day park, could be a full-day park. It depends on what your plans are for the day, but when Galaxy's Edge opens, you could be there multiple days mm-hmm. and not do anything repeat times because you have to allocate a certain amount of time just for Galaxy's Edge. So I think it's going to, it's very exciting. I can't wait. We'll talk about it a little more later on in the episode. But one of the exciting things is how it's going to change trip planning and how you're going to be planning out your days at Hollywood Studios. Yeah, uh, for sure. I, I tell you, we had mentioned to a lot of people that, that you could, Hollywood Studios would just be a half day, wouldn't spend much more time than that. And then Toy Story Land opened. Right. And, and it became a little bit more exactly what you see with Galaxy's Edge opens. It's, uh, it, it, there's going to be a lot happening at Hollywood Studios. They've they've done some phenomenal things to that park to to bring it. Uh, I hate to say bring it back to life, but Hollywood Studios was was definitely of the four parks on the bottom of my list. Nick, I wanted to ask you: Have you visited Walt Disney World during various festivals and events like Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party, the Christmas Party? And mm-hmm. for you, someone who's such a great photographer of the parks, how does being there? For one of those events, change your approach to photography. We've been to we've been to all of them. We've been to, to Mickey's not not so scary. Um, we've been to the Mickey's very merry Christmas party, and which we we love the parties. We've been to the after hours events. Yes, and then obviously we've been to all of the the festivals at Epcot, and you know the parades are a lot of fun. I really enjoy shooting the parades. Um, the only difference, I guess, in my approach when it's a party 
or or I'm shooting a parade is I'm trying to capture, you know, the moment with, with the performers, um, and uh, and really just just trying to incorporate that into the image, mm-hmm. so that somebody that's looking at that photograph can really feel like what's going on in that parade, mm-hmm. versus when I'm, you know, in the park at Disney After Dark. Uh, when there's only a thousand people in the park and I'm taking long exposure pictures of, mm-hmm. you know, Big Thunder Mountain or uh, the Haunted Mansion, just, you know, trying to capture all of those elements that you ordinarily can't do because there are so many people. Right. And that's really just in general, my approach is, um, you know, if I'm if I'm shooting a parade or I'm shooting anything with with people or characters, I want to I want to capture as much of that moment as I can. So when you go to the after hours events, is your main focus on photography or do you also spend a lot of time on the attractions? Yeah, it's both. Um, we spend, you know, spend a lot of time on the attractions first cause I'm usually going with my wife. Right. And, uh, so we'll spend a lot of time on the attractions and do as much as we can. And then at the end of that is, is when, you know, really start focusing on photography. I always have my camera on me always uh, when I'm in the parks, I've mm-hmm. always got it out with it's, uh, you know, day or night, be you know, just in case I happen to kind of walk by and say, "Hang on, that, you know, that, that was that's kind of a cool angle," right. and uh, and then I'll I'll stop and and take a picture. Right. You know, my wife jokes a lot when we're walking through the parks that you know she'll she'll be walking and I'll be next to her and the next thing she'll realize I'm gone, <laughs> and then I'll catch up to her and she'll you know and then I'll be back because I will all see something. Well, as you know, just from being in the park so much, when. You see an opportunity there. You almost have to always take it because you don't know if the opportunity for that particular photo at that moment will present itself again. Exactly. And those after-hours events, we've, we've talked about them a bunch, and, and we love them. I've been to many, uh, not at Hollywood Studios, but in Magic Kingdom and Animal Kingdom. And one of my favorite things to do after, like you said, going on the attractions first and mm-hmm. having a bite to eat and things like that, I usually take the last third of the evening and just soak in being in the park when no one's there. And yeah. taking amazing photos and videos, it's really something I love to do on my trips. I'll tell you, the first time, the first after-hours event that we did was just my wife and I. Yeah. We were the last people to leave the Magic Kingdom. And we were leaving. Took some pictures of my wife sitting on Main Street. And, of course, there's nobody there, just just cast members. And the cast members were great. They were having all kinds of fun with us. Mm-hmm. It was one fifteen in the morning. And uh, there was nobody else. We go, we took the monorail back to the TTC. We got on the monorail and I said, hey, that last tram, you know, is, I've got like 15 minutes, right, to catch that last tram. And they said, the last tram leaves when you guys leave because there's nobody left in the Magic Kingdom. And so that's a great feeling when you get to the parking lot, the TTC, and there are no cars but yours. Yeah, you closed out the park. Yeah, it's easy easy to say, we're we're that one right there. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. Nick, I wanted to ask you, when you go to the different theme parks in Walt Disney World, if you're at Magic Kingdom, Epcot, Hollywood Studios, is there a difference in your approach to photography depending on which theme park you're in? Um, Well, certainly because of the, you know, the subjects in each park. So obviously in the Magic Kingdom, um, the things that I like to shoot the most are the castle, uh, the Haunted Mansion. I like to shoot uh, Big Thunder Mountain, Splash Mountain. And then I like shooting the the parades, Festival Fantasy Parade, and then uh, and then also the uh, the Move It Shake It. Now, when I go to Animal Kingdom, I really I like looking for different angles to shoot the Tree of Life, um, especially at sunset. There's a lot of uh, you know there. 
obviously because you can go all the way around it you've got 360 degrees of of angles to shoot to shoot that tree and then you know at hollywood studios there's not as much focus really on the chinese theater as there is you know like on uh like cinderella castle the tree of life so it's a lot more shooting characters right i guess the big thing for me is the march of the first order is a lot of fun to, cool. to shoot and then cool. get some get some interesting shots shooting there and now with Toy Story Land, I like trying to get great shots of Toy Story Land of Slinky Dog. Uh, in fact, one of my one of my first features on the official Walt Disney World account was a shot of Slinky Dog going around Epcot. Obviously, shooting Spaceship Earth, um, shooting Spaceship Earth at night. Always try to catch the try to catch the monorail in there every once in a while. Sure. Um, trying to get different perspective on the countries. You know, shoot shoot countries from different angles and 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 try to try to bring out some of the subtle elements of each country that people maybe don't realize. Mm-hmm. Like going all the way back into the countries, um, and that's I guess that's really just the the difference in the approach. Sure, now that's very helpful to know, and I think it will be helpful for all of our listeners. So, Nick, uh, speaking of photography, can you tell us a little bit about what equipment you use in the parks? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the very first camera I bought was a Canon T5. It, it's still the camera that I use. I have I have not upgraded yet, although I I'm planning on upgrading here in the next couple of months. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I shoot with a can I shoot with a Canon T5, and and then I you know any editing I do I typically do in Lightroom. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I always have that always have that camera with me. Do you uh, ever use an iPhone or a mobile phone for a camera? I- I do. So I, I have an, I have the iPhone 10 and yeah. uh, it, it has a phenomenal camera on it. Yeah. Um, a lot of times if I'm posting pictures when I'm in the park and, I, and I'll, I'll specifically note at the bottom that, that I'm in the park that day and had just taken that image with my phone. The iPhone 10 takes some phenomenal photographs. Some of the best kept pictures I've taken have been on my phone. That's one of the best things about having these mobile devices now. The They're incredible. Yeah. Now, Nick, you mentioned a, a couple of minutes ago that Disney had used – did you say it was Slinky Dog, the photo? That, yes. That, that, okay, so that's pretty amazing to me. I, I'm, I'm very interested in this. Can you elaborate on how it got to be that Disney would use some of your photos and, and your reaction to that as such a big Disney fan? That must be a very uh, exciting and meaningful thing. It's kind of like when a, was, when a rock star hears their song on the radio or something like it that. It is. It <laughs> is. So I was actually – I was at work. Uh, I noticed that I had a pretty significant comment um that had popped up on my phone uh i looked and it said walt disney world and of course there's a lot of there are a lot of names instagram names out there and and i looked and it was you know it was walt disney world liked your photo walt disney world commented on your photo and and they just they commented they really liked it and wanted my permission to share it on on their official instagram man I, i i don't know that i've ever been that excited and i started just going absolutely crazy and everybody at work was looking at me like, what the heck is wrong with this guy? Called my wife right away. I was like, you never believe uh, who wants to use one of my pictures. And uh, it really was an exciting feeling. Uh, the first time, I've been lucky enough that they've used they've used my photos four times. Okay. Um, and the feeling hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. Uh, each time that they've they've asked to use one of my pictures, the feeling hasn't changed. I can understand it because when I look at your Instagram feed, I- I'm amazed the quality of the pictures. It's like you're in kind of like a photography museum and looking at the clarity of your photos and the variety of things you depict in them. It's really, uh, it, for me, someone who doesn't live near the parks, and while I do go there often, I like to go there virtually, like so many yes. of us that can't be there all the time. And your Instagram is a great way to do that. 
He just popped well, it open, you. and uh, I really highly recommend it to our listeners. And Nick, when did you decide to start the Disney Dad account on Instagram? So that's interesting. I, you know, I've had my Instagram account for ten years. However, I guess really, however long Instagram has has been around. Mm-hmm. Before it was the Disney Dad, it was Palmetto Reclaimed. Uh, because if you look at a lot of my early images, I, I did a lot of woodworking okay. uh, with re- with reclaimed wood, mm-hmm. and that was just it was just for fun. And then you know we started going to Disney, and um, we did that first Disney vacation, and then we did you know two trips the following year, and then it was, hey, we're going to do this every month. I don't know it just the Disney dad seemed appropriate because I was going there with my daughter Annabelle and, and with my wife, and my wife actually is um, the Disney mommy. On on Instagram, okay. Um, so everybody follow um, her as well. <laughs> and it was just a lot of fun. It was just a place for me to have a little fun. I I wanted to learn photography, and so that's you can actually you could kind of see the progression of me learning photography through my Instagram. And it's fun for me to go back and look and uh, and see how I've developed. Um, it'll be exciting, you know, in a couple of years to see how my photography is has evolved. Uh, but that that was really it was really just for fun. And, and in terms of the uh, the growth of the account, because you do have a, a very high number of subscribers, is it just through frequent content out there that gets your subscriber numbers to grow? Is that the way to do it? Yeah, I mean that's that's pretty much it. Just um, you know, I, I try to post a couple times a day uh, with my job. You know, there there are days where it's hard for me to stop and and post a picture, and then you know there are times where it's a lot easier for me to to post, you know, four or five, six pictures a day. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, I try to, I try to post content at least every day and, and I try to make it engaging for, for people out there because I know there are a lot of people out there that, you know, they look at those photos as, as kind of their window to, to Disney world, you know, because they can't get down there all the time. It, you know, it might be a once a year or twice a year thing and they need that, you know, just want you know, want something to look at and you know, bring those memories back from when they were there. Mm-hmm. It's important for people because, as you know, I mean, you go to the parks a lot, but there is that Disney withdrawal when you come home. It's a very difficult vacation to leave. It I, really is. I think the more you go, if you're if you're lucky to do that, it does minimize your sadness when you leave because you know there's other trips. But but it's still the same. It, yeah, it it still gets to you. It does. I'll tell you. I so I I got off work at not this past Sunday, Sunday before, at three thirty, and I drove down to Orlando, mm-hmm. and uh, my wife and my daughter were already down there, and uh, and then went into the Magic Kingdom Monday, went into Animal Kingdom Tuesday, and then I got up at five o'clock in the morning Wednesday morning, so I could be at work last Wednesday yeah. night driving back. I said this sucks. I don't want to leave. Yeah. I don't. I don't want to leave, and I know that. I, and it, you know, it was going to be a month, and I'd be back. But still, it's a long month. Yeah, it, it speaks to how much of a role Disney plays in our lives in terms of bringing us happiness. And one of the better things now, I remember as a kid going there with my family on vacation, and I'd be in tears when we would leave. It would just be because there I, I may not go back for another few years. One of the benefits of this technological world we live in is that you have things like your Instagram account and podcasts that talk about Disney. Even something like Disney Plus, which is coming out towards the end of this year, yeah. will just anything that gives you access to Disney content kind of helps hold you over. Well, and I'll tell you, you know, my wife is uh, my wife's an attorney, and uh, she owns her own practice. She's a very mm-hmm. very successful attorney, 
and uh, she owns uh, she, she actually has three offices, and so she's very busy. Yes. And then I'm a I'm a restaurant manager, um, and I work about sixty hours a week. So it's very hard, and, and we're very good about when we're together as a family. We're together as a family, and and we're focusing on being together. One of the reasons we go so much is it's a great getaway for us to to both unplug from work, right. And for us to just enjoy that time together as a family. Yeah. And that's what people say, you know, that's crazy. Why do you go to Disney so much? That's that's insane. And for me, I, I think it's something very special that we can do to make sure, given how busy we are, that we get this great time together. And that my daughter, when you know, she's growing up, she's got these cherished memories of of mommy and daddy, you know, putting putting time with her before anything else right well that's of course one of the things that walt was going for beginning with disneyland the kind of place where you could go with your family but where the adults could have just as much fun as the kids that's right i mean there are family there are amusement not that disney is an amusement park but amusement parks out there where Mm -hmm. there's lots of stuff for the kids but nothing for the parents they just stand and wait on the sidelines for the kids to get off the rides at disney world I tell no. you, are you, going, you, you go on Dumbo. You know what I mean? That's it. Oh, you, always. You go on the uh, Winnie the Pooh ride. It, it's, and it's funny, oh, and Nick. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was say, that's what I love about Walt Disney. And I'm a huge fan of, of Walt Disney. And, I, and I, I keep a lot of Walt Disney-isms in my pocket and, and use them every day. But one, you know, one of the big things that he, he, Walt Disney said, we don't make movies for children. We make movies for the for the child in all of us. Yeah, that's a great, great quote. I really, and that that's a philosophy that still holds true today. When mm-hmm. you look at the films that they're putting out there, it's interesting because you, you mentioned something a second ago, which has always kind of confused me. Like you, I have a lot of people saying to me, "Oh, you're going to Disney World again on vacation? Why are you doing that? Don't you get tired of it?" And yet, the funny thing is, other people take trips and go to the same place every year. People go skiing every year. They go to an yeah. island every year. I would never think of saying to them, well, why are you going there again? There's something about Disney for some people that kind of just annoys them that, that, that other people would go there every year. And I don't get it. It's very frustrating for me. Yeah, I, no, I, yeah. I, I, I agree with you 100%. And I do. I get that question a lot. Why are you going again? Doesn't it get tight? Don't you, doesn't the magic go away? Right. And, and I tell people, and they say, well, aren't you worried the magic will go away? And, and it's, I don't think it's possible because – I still get that same feeling right. when I see Cinderella Castle now as I did the first time I went to Disney World. It, it doesn't change. And I can go to Disney World. I go to the Magic Kingdom, quite honestly, and sit on a bench, yeah. watch it looking over the hub um, and looking at Cinderella Castle and just watch families together. Right. I can spend an entire day doing that. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. It's, uh, it's a place that for me never gets old. And there's always new stuff being added. I'm, I'm planning a trip there this summer. I'm going to be down there for a pretty long period of time. And I'm constantly, for over the course of the entire trip, doing new stuff. New restaurants I've never been to, attractions I may never have been on. You could go back over and over again and still find something new to do, which is really, uh, really awesome. And, and speaking of new stuff, we have to talk about Galaxy's Edge just for a moment. Uh, because as I think I mentioned earlier in this episode, a few days from now it's going to be opening up in Disneyland coming to Walt Disney World in August. Uh, Nick, what are you excited for about Galaxy's Edge? What are you nervous about? 
out of curiosity, let me let me begin by asking you this because I've talked about this with a bunch of people. Do you like the? You mentioned you're a Harry Potter fan. Do you like the world of Harry Potter more or the Star Wars world more? We love them both, but which one do you prefer? Definitely Star Wars. Star Wars. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, without a doubt. Okay. I, mean, I, love, I love Harry Potter, but I grew up. Got it. On Star Wars as a right. kid, like that's been a part of my life since since I was a kid. Right. And so I'm really excited about Galaxy's Edge. I'm really excited to be immersed in that world. Yes. Um, and to see how what because Disney doesn't do anything halfway. It's right. it's going to be incredible. So I'm really excited to you know to to be immersed and and to see the the Millennium Falcon this you know the spaceship that I built as a kid out of Lego and, and to see it right there in front of me is is going to be incredible. Yeah, I, I was thinking as you were talking, Nick, about for me the first time I went to Toy Story Land was exciting just because it was something new at Hollywood Studios and I was excited for Slinky Dog and all that good stuff. I can't even really fathom how I'm going to be think, feeling the first time I set foot in Galaxy's Edge. Because it's such a major addition. Uh, yeah, are you a Star Wars fan? Big time, yeah, big time Star yeah. Wars fan. So it's it's you know it's not like it's, I mean it's, it's an addition, but it's right. an addition that's a part of your life, right? Yeah, you because know, we all grew up on Star Wars, and now here it is. Yes. What? Yeah. I, I I just want to get good souvenirs. <laughs> I always I love seeing the Disney merchandise. You know when, the, when they're coming oh, yeah. out. Um, I actually I've got I've got my first Galaxy's Edge souvenir. I've got a, a Galaxy's Edge just just mug, okay. and it's uh, it says Galaxy's Edge coming right uh, 2019. I bought it uh, earlier this year when we were uh, we were uh, at Hollywood Studios coming out from uh, from meeting Kyler Ren. Right, and you know another thing that just occurred to me. Speaking of Hollywood Studios, we're going to be having the Mickey's uh, Railroad Ride opening yes. up. I guess it's going to be next year, so we're going to be having not just Galaxy's Edge. And Toy Story Land, which opened not too long ago, but the Mickey attraction too. There's, it's really going to be a very exciting park to go to. And I, yeah. I, I remember as a younger, when I was younger, going to the parks. Hollywood Studios was a major part of my vacation experiences. I was there during the day and the night. And I'm not even a crazy thrill ride guy, so I'm not going on Tower of Terror or Rock and Roller Coaster. And I still had a ton to do. Now, it's back. It's back yep, in its full exactly. form. Exactly. And I think it's going to be uh, – I, I just picture great summer evenings where you go to Galaxy's Edge and you're walking out of the park, walking down. And you know what it's like there at night and how beautiful it is walking down the oh, – yeah, uh, uh, Hollywood Boulevard. Hollywood Boulevard, yeah. You've got the be... lights and the – oh, yeah. It's, it really is it, – it's, I mean, it is such a great park. Yeah. Um, it just is – it is liked, you know, with the exception of your rock and roller coaster and, and Tower of Tears. It hasn't been that sort of the, the great attraction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I love. I love the back lot, which you know was was really cool. Yeah, I remember but that. But it's taking it to the next level now with with Toy Story Land and then Galaxy's Edge is, uh, yeah, Hollywood Studios definitely. It's a full day park now for sure. For sure. And uh, and and a, well, a lot to do and a lot to see and a lot to take in. Yeah, it could be a, a. I think you're gonna see people making it a two day park, three day park, even. You never know. But anyhow, Nick, this was great. I really enjoyed talking to you about photography tips that you have, the equipment you used, and uh, your background in Disney vacation. We're going to turn in a moment to the Stuff They Love segment where I'm going to ask you just kind of a rapid-fire round about Disney and some other stuff as well. But just tell our listeners again where they can find you on social media. Okay, so, uh, yeah, I'm on uh, on Instagram at the.disney.dad. Uh, and that's where you can find all of, all of my photography and, and, uh, you know, trying to get more, 
trying to get better with the stories when I'm in the park so you can you can follow along and you also find a lot of pictures of my daughter in there as well. Very nice. Yeah, and, and definitely all of our listeners should follow that. We're going to link to it when this episode goes live. You'll find it in the show notes and on our website. Nick, as I mentioned a moment ago, this is the Stuff They Love segment where we're going to ask you a couple of pop culture questions to get your uh, to learn about your interests in film and music, and then we're going to have a rapid-fire Disney-type discussion. So first of all, what's your favorite movie of all time? Mary Poppins. You're talking about the Julie the, Andrews version, right? The, the, oh, yeah, the Julie <laughs> Andrews. And my wife. If my wife was here, she would she would tell you that I, I have a love affair with with Julie Andrews. I've met Julie um, Andrews several times, actually. Man, she yeah. oh man, yeah. Yeah, I, I I have a major crush on Julie Andrews. I'm not. Me too. Uh, Me too. Mary Poppins and the Sound of Music and My Fair Lady was. I mean, all this oh, stuff yeah. is great. Uh, tell me why about why Mary Poppins is your favorite movie. There's something about the silliness that the you know the innocence of being a child that that can save somebody from adulthood. As as I've grown older, I've always cherished the movie. But as I've grown older, I've looked back on that, and um, I've I've tried to keep myself in the mindset that George Banks has at the end of the movie, where uh, let's go fly a kite, and he's being silly, he's being playful, he's ha- having fun with his kids. Right. That's the that's the type of of person that that I wanted to be. And there are a lot of those great lessons that you learn from Mary Poppins. And, and do you have a particular uh, song that's your favorite from the film? Let's go fly a kite. Yeah. I would say. I mean, I love all. I love all the songs. It's great. Um, you know, feed the birds. It's just, it's so great. I mean, they're, they're all they're they're fantastic. Yeah, you know, Dick Van Dyke. Yeah, is just absolutely remarkable in that movie. I mean, he and then is in in the 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 latest Mary Poppins movie is he's phenomenal too. I don't understand why Dick Van Dyke has not gotten more of these lifetime achievement awards they give out at various film galas and things like that. Yeah. He, he deserves it as probably more than Seriously. anyone else I could think of right I now. I mean, that you know, think about the career he's had oh, amazing. and the fact that, you know, man, that guy jumping on the desk and dancing at 90, 92, three, four, five years old. How, I can't do that incredible. in my thirties. No, not me either. Um, <laughs> I mean, I could, but I, I need to be calling my chiropractor. <laughs> My friend Matt, one of the things that amazed him about Mary Poppins, the movie, is that the lady that sings Feed the Birds was born in the 1800s. So when you watch that movie, <laughs> that uh, that's what he told me. I, 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 didn't, I didn't research this, but I, I, I don't question it. But uh, it makes sense because the movie came out in 1967, 64, 64, 67. Uh, um, in the six, yeah, mid-60s, basically. And uh, so it was, you know, it was filmed in the mid '60s. She's older, so I mean, if she's if she's older than seventy, Jane Darwell was the name of the lady. She was an Academy Award winner. It was her last screen appearance, and she was born in 1879. What? So she wasn't just born in the 1800s. I mean, she was born in the 18, not like 1899. October 15th, 1879. She made appearances in more than 100 motion pictures. And she was won the Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress for The Grapes of Wrath. And yeah, she actually has a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Man, she was in Gone with the Wind. Wow. wow. My Darling Clementine. Stop, man. What? She was in Bright Eyes with Shirley Temple, too. What? Man, look at that. Yeah, Walt Disney had to persuade her when she was in her mid-80s and her health was poor to appear in Mary Poppins. That's according to Wikipedia. Remarkable, remarkable story. That's a that's a very Walt Disney thing to do because <laughs> yes. when Walt Disney wants something, he always wants something for a reason. Right. There's a purpose for it. 
Man, that's so cool. She was born 14 years after Lincoln was assassinated, if you think about that. That's crazy. That's crazy. That's insane. Wow. Well, anyhow, moving on with this discussion. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's crazy. That's amazing. Uh, talk to me about your uh, your favorite band and musicians. So, you know, I've got just probably the, the weirdest collection of music that I listen to because there's really not a lot that I don't listen to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do, I spend a lot of time listening to music because I drive 45 minutes to work and from work every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right now it's it's The Offspring, uh, which was, you know, growing up, I loved The Offspring. But I kind of rotate from The Offspring to Jackson Brown, who I absolutely love Jackson Brown. Yeah. Probably my favorite person to see live. Okay. Um, you know, love, I love Meatloaf. Meatloaf, uh, yeah, sure. And uh, Hootie and the Blowfish, obviously, I live in Columbia, South Carolina. I graduated from the University of South Carolina. Yeah. So, you know, Hootie and, Blow- Hootie and the Blowfish are, you know, way of life down here. And then and Chris Cornell, yeah. um, who, uh, you know, was the lead singer of Soundgarden sure. and, and Audio Slave. So I, yeah, I've got this kind of, you know, all over the place. Uh, but those are those are probably the top for me. No, that's great. That's and we're all, we're all about variety here. The host of the show, normally it's just more than me, but we all listen to a, a ton of different music. And the ones you mentioned tonight are some of our favorites. I know Neil from the show is a huge Chris Cornell fan, huge Soundgarden fan, and, and uh, Hootie and the Blowfish are getting back together this summer, which is pretty. Exciting. Yes, so are you that's, going? That's gonna be fun. Uh, what's oh yeah yeah no we're definitely going and uh, which we've been lucky we've seen Hootie and the Blowfish play a couple of times over the last couple of years at different charity events. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've been lucky to have seen them. My dad uh, is is a huge Hootie and the Blowfish fan. And my dad still lives in South Africa. Oh, wow. Um, so trying to get my dad to hop on a plane and, and, and come to that show, I'm, I'm fairly certain he'll be there. That's awesome. Because um, he is a huge Hootie and the Blowfish fan and never seen him live. And he's the type of person that will get on a plane and, and, and fly here. Obviously, his granddaughter's here as well. So, <laughs> yeah, there's more than just Hootie and the Blowfish <laughs> Into it, and then we'll see if we can get him down to Disney. That's awesome. Now turn it back to Disney, Nick. What's your favorite Disney resort? Uh, the Art of Animation. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I love the theming of that resort. is is so great. The theming there is tremendous. I stayed there for the first time last year, I guess it was, and I, I really enjoyed it. I was in the Nemo Suite, which was very memorable. Nice. And yeah. uh, what I love, I'm I'm big into the gift shops. The Disney gift shops always get me, and they have a tremendous gift shop. That feeds right into the food court. So, uh, yeah, I yeah, love that landscapes hotel. of flavors is, is fantastic. I'd say probably my second favorite resort is uh, Port Orleans, um, Riverside. Riverside, okay. But, um, but Art of Animation, we, my daughter was huge into cars, huge mm-hmm. into cars. So our, our first two vacations to Disney World, we stayed at Art of Animation and we stayed in the cars section because she just absolutely loved cars. It's a and great. She had yeah. to go. Good. She had to go say good night to all of the cars every single night. We had to go walk around and say goodnight to every single one of the cars. That's awesome. Um, And that's a great section. I mean, I was blown away by the theming in that section. It was, uh, for me, never having been to Cars Land in California, Mm -hmm. I know some people that say that that's kind of like a great miniature version of it, the detail. It is. And that's... It is, absolutely. Nick, what's your favorite Disney park? Uh, Magic Kingdom. Mm -hmm. And and why would you say... It just it's it's very special. I love I love the music when when you get to the entryway and you're walking into Town Square. Yes, um, I love that feeling when I see the castle. It's got you know my favorite attractions uh, are in that park, and then I love Happily Ever After fireworks. 
um it's just it's it's special yeah you know, i'm sorry good i was gonna say i love the other parks but there, there's just, just a special relationship that i have with magic kingdom I, I, I completely agree with everything you're saying. I love the Magic Kingdom. But something about that moment where you walk in to Town Square. And, mm-hmm. you know, Disney World has a lot of moments of transition. Like driving through the signs is a moment of transition. And then you see all the purple road signs. Anytime you enter a park or an attraction, it's just transition. But for me, my favorite maybe moment of a Disney trip, like a step that you take, is when you go through the uh, rail- beneath the railroad station and then you set foot in Town Square. And yeah. it's like you're thrown back to a different period of American history and the music is playing and you realize everything that awaits you down Main Street, USA. It's really awesome. I love that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. You just walk in and you just you see these these people and then you, you turn the corner and you just get that, that, that peak of the castle. Yes. Uh, you're home. You're, you smell, I, the con, smell the confectionery <laughs> as you're walking down Main Street. Yes. You're hungry from the minute you set foot because they do a exactly. good job with that. I need a Rice Krispie treat now. And uh, yeah, for sure. And, and Nick, your favorite Disney attraction? Uh, the Haunted Mansion. Me too. And, and and why do you say that? Man, I just I love the theming of that ride. is is so well done. I love the cast members. the The ghost hosts are, are are phenomenal. But the theming of that ride is is incredible. And I love the history behind the Haunted Mansion. Right. The the you know like Madame Leota at Disneyland was actually a cast member. Wow. Who worked in design, and uh, and she got to be Madame Leota. They used they used her face, and she did the recording. And then when they built the Haunted Mansion at Disney World, her daughter, who also was now a cast member working for Disney, got to be Madame Leota mm-hmm. at at um, at the Haunted Mansion at Disney wow. World. And so I love like that, you know, little things like that. Yeah. Um, just the detail that goes into that that attraction is I love it. The detail's tremendous. Also, as you know from having been to the Halloween party, there's something about riding that attraction at the Halloween party that's this great combination of Disney event and attraction coming together. Oh yeah, especially if you're standing in line and they've got if you've been there where they've had you know a ghost sitting in front of the the haunted mansion and they're talking to you. <laughs> yeah, it's... and they're engaging with. Um, so last year when we went to the Halloween party, my daughter dressed up as Constance Hatchaway, the bride from the Haunted Mansion. Mm-hmm. And nice. it was a phenomenal, it was phenomenally well done. She had this beautiful white dress and we took these little LED lights and we put them all inside the dress cool. and turned it on. Her dress glowed. Wow. And, um, she had the best time with this, this ghost that was up on the, on the hill that was interacting with her. Wow. It was absolutely incredible. We actually let the line go by a little bit because they were having such a great time talking. Um, and it's, I mean, they're very witty and funny and it is special. And, and so I, for people who haven't been to Mickey's Not So Scary Halloween Party, yeah, you got to go because it is it is so special. We love it. I actually L- got little things like that. Earlier today, I bought my ticket for this fall. So I'm looking nice. forward to that. Nice. Uh, and Nick, the last question in this round, tell me about your favorite Disney World restaurant. Beaches and Cream is at uh, Disney's Beach Club Resort. And that is probably my favorite place to eat at Disney. Just I mean it's great food. It's yes. it's like di- you know like old-timey diner soda shop food. Um and it's really really good. You know the ice cream the dessert is really great. Yes. They've got the it's it's where they serve the kitchen sink uh which is you know it's it's a dessert for four people. It is quite literally everything they have. And it is served in a kitchen sink, in a steel kitchen <laughs> sink. 
it's incredible and it's it's a lot of fun to watch people order it and, and try to take it down oh yeah um but it's just it's such a great atmosphere in there i love it it's such a cool little spot to go visit and i think they now have those milkshakes that you're seeing everywhere these enormous milkshakes where they just pile stuff on top and i saw yeah. a, a vlog online of somebody having that and it looked delicious. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. <clears throat> highly recommend Beaches and Cream. Those are great choices. Really uh, phenomenal stuff. Let's talk about some stuff we love. And now we're going to turn to the Stuff We Love segment, where tonight Nick and I are going to tell you a little bit about something we're enjoying right now. It could be anything from an app to a song to a movie and anything that we would recommend to you. So, Nick, uh, start us off tonight. What are you thinking? So I was thinking, well, since we were talking about photography, uh, one of the apps that I use on my phone for editing pictures that I've taken on my phone, and I might play with some of the pictures from my camera on this app as well, is the Snapseed app. Yeah. Um, it is a great, it's one of the top photography apps, photography editing apps out there. So for everybody listening, um, if you're looking for you know, a great tool for, for editing your pictures, check out the Snapseed app. It is, it is really, really great. I don't have that app, but I'm going to download it, uh, and I, I've heard amazing things about it. So that's a great recommendation, Nick. So for my stuff we love tonight, I'm going to talk about a clothing company. I guess you pronounce it Roosevelt's. They're on the web at www.rsvlts.com. And what they do is make a variety of shirts and shorts, and they're all themed to cool things. So, for example, they have a lot of uh, Hawaiian shirts, which I really love. They have shirts themed to the baseball movie The Sandlot, which is a classic movie. Saved by the Bell TV show, which I grew up on. So they have shirts based on that and hats as well and uh, great summer-themed swimsuits uh, as we head into the summer season. So I got my first shirt from them recently, and I highly recommend them. That's Roosevelt's.com. So that takes us to the end of this episode of the Stuff We Love podcast. I'd like to tell you a little bit about where you could find us online. You could find us on Twitter at Stuff We Love Pod, Instagram Stuff We Love Podcast. Our website is www.stuffwelovepodcast.com. You could go there and learn a bit about the show, get links to our previous episodes, and click our products page to learn more about things that we recommend. We are an affiliate of Amazon.com, so if you click one of our Amazon links and make a purchase through those links, it does benefit the podcast, so we definitely appreciate that. You can find us on podcast platforms everywhere, so please subscribe if you haven't done so. And continue to leave us those good five-star reviews on iTunes. and makes it easier for others to find the show as well. And you could write to us if you'd like at StuffWeLovePodcast at gmail.com. So, Nick, again, one more time, where can we find you on Instagram? Uh, so I'm on Instagram at the.disney.dad. And uh, come check me out for, uh, for your daily Disney fix. 100%. Uh, we're going to go around the room one more time. So I'm Scott. And I'm Nick. And this has been Stuff We Love Podcast.